great future. We're talking real money. I truly don't believe it is too pretentious of me (laughs) to start off the show by saying you, you brilliant person there in your car or with your headphones on with you listen over your iPod or whatever it is you're doing. Yeah. iPod. iPhone. Uh, nobody has an iPod anymore. (laughs) If you do, call us. Clear off off track again. It's Tangential Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Tangential Radio. We go off into a variety of different directions, and they don't connect at all. Uh, No, my tangent was, it's not You blew the whole intro, man. Maybe you should just hit restart. Good Lord. I don't believe it is too pretentious of me to say that this, this, my friends, may be the the most important two hours you will be spending this week, because this show is about to set you straight about your dough. Hi, I'm Don. Oh, I'm Tom. And I, I I figured I could get that part right. Yes. We get something right today. Okay. And we would like to invite you to get the big questions answered, to make your life better, to improve your situation, not just today, but particularly down the road in retirement, that kind of stuff, uh, by getting the financial portion of your life in order, getting your financial house in order. I'm going to talk like this all day. And here's a question for you, for you and you, for Tom and you guys, uh-huh. all of you. Here's a question. Do you believe the future is actually predictable? Do I believe the future is predictable? Do you believe it? And do all of you involved in eavesdropping on our conversation believe that? Do you actually believe that the future can be accurately and consistently predicted? Uh, two things I know, but otherwise, no, I don't. You know two things uh, that can be predicted? Two things I am certain, yes. Oh, 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 the death and taxes That's thing? it, yeah. Yeah, but you know, even those, you can't, you know you're going to die. Don't know the day. You know you're going to yeah. be taxed, but you don't know in which bracket because <laughs> good point or what, what might happen. Yeah, what's yeah. deductible That's anymore. True. That's good point. Good point. So you don't know those things. You, I mean, for, okay, yeah, you know that there, there, you will probably eat. Okay. You will drink liquids. You will do things. Okay. Uh, but <laughs> Let's but leave it you, there. I wasn't yeah. going to go any mm. farther than that. Please. But we have a lot of things as, as creatures in common with, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about events in the future. Life events, financial events, and this really comes down to, Tom, to this problem that Wall Street seems to have with itself. Where I guess it takes itself too seriously as do the rest of us, and and that is the fact that there, there is still this belief that people can pick stocks. Despite the all the evidence, despite all the studies, despite all of the numbers, big data says, no, you haven't been able to do that. And, and uh, there was an interesting piece in the journal again today talking about a study that goes back to 1962 enough data probably to look at mutual funds well yeah, yeah. Uh, and 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 it's uh, really the the only period over which we have truly thick yeah. confident robust data and it shows again that that people that are picking stocks they can't pick them better than just investing in markets and and really that's that's what my question is for everyone who's with us today is do you in your portfolio do you have any individual stock do you own Microsoft do you own Nordstrom do you own Starbucks do you own Costco do you own Warehouser well, I guess we should say Amazon because we don't like to tease Jeff Bezos anymore do you own any of those the individual Post. oh wait Jeff Bezos owns that yeah. uh, as, as yeah. individual stocks not as uh, I, I, and I'm asking this fund. not rhetorically yeah. do you have individual stocks in your portfolio? Portfolio. And if you do, why do you? Do you have actively managed mutual funds in your portfolio? And if you do, why do you? Here's another brief interruption. I am surprised at how much people still love their magazines, their print magazines. The vast majority of the most popular magazines on the planet have millions of print subscribers and only a few hundred thousand online subscribers. I learned people like reading on paper, and because of that, I've decided to create a brand new magazine for real investors to help you become a real investor. It's called Real Investing Journal, and it's full of just that, real investing information, the science of investing, the proven ways to make money long-term without gambling. There's no business news. There's nothing about speculating. There's no lifestyle stuff. It is all about investing all the 
time. It's full color magazine. It's printed every quarter, and it's going to cost twenty five bucks a year. Is all that's all twenty five bucks a year. But here's a deal. If you become one of our charter subscribers, we'll lock in $15 a year, and while supplies last, you'll get the very first issue in addition to your next year. That's a deal. 15 bucks a year, and if you don't like it, I'll give you your money back. That simple. So go right now to realinvestingjournal.com slash subscribe. You need to add that slash subscribe. realinvestingjournal.com slash subscribe, and sign up for the charter subscription rate of only 15 bucks. You save 10 bucks and you lock it in, and you get an extra issue. And you need to do it now because I know we're going to run out of the extra issues, so you better hurry. Go to realinvestingjournal.com slash subscribe, realinvestingjournal.com slash subscribe. You'll like it or your money back and speaking of back we're going back to the show now Tom is going to go referee a soccer game. Yeah, I am. So I'm really excited about it. The last hour of the show. No, the last half even an hour. I'll, I'll be here for the, Yeah, okay. Tom will be going. Oh my gosh! Wait, before we get back. Oh, we got Jim. Yeah, we got Jim. Uh, all right. Remind me. I got a story to share with you about the uh, all. You know all the all the computers that were taken down recently yes, by I the do. virus. Mm-hmm. Got a story to share. I, Jim, you're up next. Welcome to talking or a first. Welcome to talking real money. Hi, Jim. How can we help you? Hi, fellas. Good to talk with you. Enjoyed your show for a long time. Been meaning to call. Glad um, you did. Yeah, it was third. 13-year-old, 7th grade great-grandson. <clears throat> We've managed to accumulate about $40,000 for him, which currently is uh, sitting uh, not doing much of anything. The only stock he owns is uh, 100 shares of Microsoft, <clears throat> which he's done well on so far. But anyway, uh, about a five-year window before he starts college, he'd like to uh, be getting into the market and uh, wonder what you might suggest. Okay, is this $4,000 all earmarked for education? Yeah, essentially. Okay, all right, good. Okay, because if it was it? I would forty thousand. I meant to okay. say forty thousand, right. uh, because it, I would have 40. suggested kind of splitting it up and all. But if it's all earmarked for education, Tom, what should he do? With I it? would I, even with just a five year window, I would still go to the Utah five twenty nine mm-hmm. plan and sign mm-hmm. them up, put the money over there. They're going to in the age based yeah, program. Yeah, it's an age based program. So it's probably today you're probably looking at you know fifty percent in stocks, fifty percent in something like that because they don't want it to all be part of a big bad bear market starts up. They don't want it to disappear for your your uh, grandson so uh you put the money in and then they're gonna they're gonna reduce the stock exposure as he gets closer to uh school here in five years the, uh, state program that you're referring to the yeah it's a state plan? it's state 529 it's a utah 529 you can use yeah. the money for any school though in the country it doesn't matter it don't doesn't have to go to utah mm-hmm. uh it's exceedingly low cost time remaining yeah. to uh, mm-hmm. accumulate enough to here's the oh, thing yeah if you're just gonna go put it in stocks i'd be a little wary because the market could be we could be right at the top of the market. We could have a five-year period where stocks perform horribly, but they don't do that. They're going to. They're going to. Haven't done anything yeah. for the past seven or eight years. <laughs> there you go. The, so uh, no, crash. no, exactly as we all are. But uh, <laughs> we should always. Did be you ready just? For the next did crash. you learn something about trying to time a crash? Yeah, I've learned that I can't time it. <clears throat> Thank you. There we go. I, I would. I just wanted to make that years, point so, for for well, everyone else yeah. out there. Uh, but let me tell you, this that, plan burned pretty badly in early two thousand, and yeah. I guess I just haven't uh, been able to. Uh, push the button since then. Uh, yeah, the problem with getting that mental that mental block is that that market in 2000 yeah, in which is. you got in which you got burned recovered in its entirety yeah. plus some. And then you would have gotten burned again in 2008 and it recovered 9 months later. Oh, it was it, it it was soaring again. The the downturns are short and painful. The upswings as you've learned are long and persistent and they and, and uh, you can't play this game. But with this Utah plan, what they're going to do Every year, is they're going to reduce the exposure to stock over time. The expenses are, I believe, on this one, two-tenths of one percent. Ridiculously cheap. And any growth or income generated by the investments in that portfolio will be able to be used tax-free. If you invest outside of that 529, there will be taxes along the way and when he takes it out. Yeah, I, I'm somewhat familiar with it, although yeah. I, I've uh, not really investigated it thoroughly. But I'll, I'll, it's just I'll go that. get I'll it. Go get it. Put the money in the age-based program.
program. Trust in the system. It will not go to zero. No. It cannot. Would it go down? A little. Not a lot because the, the program doesn't allow it to be overexposed to the stock market. UESP.org. UESP.org. Really excellent program. As a matter of fact, somebody called me this week wanting me to compare that to Nevada's. And I got to tell you, it still comes uh, Nevada's with Vanguard, but it still comes out ahead. present this program with limited commercial interruptions, and here's one of those very limited interruptions. There is only one magazine I can find devoted to real investing. It's called Real Investing Journal. You can get it for as little as $15 a year with a charter subscription, but for a limited time, you can save another $5 taking your subscription to as little as $10 by using the discount code KVI. Just go to realinvestingjournal.com, realinvestingjournal.com, order your subscription, and save 5 bucks with the discount code KVI at Real investingjournal.com for your real life and real future tom and don are talking real money give us a call 877-397-5666 877-397-5666 tom how can you in a very short period of time do you think make about a billion dollars Feeling short period of time nothing short oh not uh, singing yeah i no. hope not singing well, no somebody else in the family uh how can you a make billion. a billion in dollars just weeks maybe oh, months yeah he hasn't done that no wow i uh <clears throat> have somebody I have give it, it to I, you i've <laughs> just found it no i just discovered it uh in fact i think the uh, national health service in england discovered it ah, uh various hospitals yeah okay they, they discovered that they are helping somebody probably in russia make up the number is up they're is guessing a billion dollars that they're gonna have to pay to get uh get everything fixed up ransom in ransomware yeah. uh to get these computers so I, what, this what is definitely just, this is a money issue am i wearing anything like i'm wearing this nice is this ransomware that i'm wearing what do you have not? a cccp shirt on or something? <laughs> no i mean and by the way uh this is always an, an issue for people because they do Somebody came in the office yesterday and said, how am I going to know this is all going to be very secure? So I missed part of that. Well, they're no, they're, my- they're, they're asking about the security of their their money. As you yeah. know, we use well, for our clients, Charles Schwab, as a custodian. And they have redundancy on top of redundancy yeah, on top lot. of redundancy on lot. top of redundancy. I want to talk about the stupidity. The, the And I'm sorry, if any of you got infected, you did it because it happened because you were stupid. The National Health Service in England is even admitting, yeah. oh my gosh, we, knew we were stupid we've known all along that windows xp is obsolete and isn't being patched any longer microsoft put out a patch last week that would have stopped this virus and hundreds of thousands if not millions of people either are running obsolete software or didn't patch their computers now the other thing they had to do today i get this email tom ready for this it's my personal there Mm -hmm. it is it says it's from gmail notify oh yeah Gmail notify it says and it said something and you It, it X'd your microphone. Then I oh, went. Okay. Am I here? You're back. You're you're here. You're gone. I, I think they might be there. Uh, they're getting ready to ransom you if they can keep you on the air. Right, something's going on. I know. I know. See, I made somebody mad. Uh, but I looked at the long headers on this email. I went in deep, and this is this is a kind of cool. You can do this. You can go into and uh, in something on all these computers will give you the, the headers, all the headers where the email came from. And apparently, I've checked this out. There's a kid, twenty something year old computer programmer who had his email account hacked. And these emails are all coming out of Jonathan.com's email account. And they're they're total scams. If you click on the button, it loads the a Trojan into your system that puts the ransomware in your system, takes your computer over, and then you have to pay money to get out of it. We are our own worst enemies. Yeah. We've got to stop it. Stop it. We'll talk about the hey. financial ramifications here in a minute, too. Oh, the cost you a lot of money? Michael, you're up next. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Hey, Michael. I have a question for you. Yeah. Is it, okay, I have like about $6,000 and I want to invest it. Would it be better to do stock or bonds? What's the purpose of the money? Just to make make money on it. Like well, but I mean, is this going to be money for your retirement? Is this money to buy a house? Is this money just to go to retirement? Okay. And is it in a an IRA or four hundred one k or this is just money yeah. you got? Yeah. And where is it now? Yeah. Good point. <laughs> in the bank, but it's not getting any interest. No, you're losing. You are losing money in the bank. That's a lot. I guarantee you lose money if you put your money in the bank. Hmm. Well, okay. then here's what here I, we're gonna. We're 
going to talk about the big issue, and because it's a big issue, we're going to do this after the the, the bottom of the hour. Uh, the big issue really comes down, and I want you to think about this: how much risk do you want to take? make a deal. We need reviews for our podcast to make it more popular, and you'd probably like a free year of Real Investing Journal. So, I'll trade you a year of Real Investing Journal through a $15 coupon code in exchange for a review at iTunes for the podcast Talking Real Money. Here's how you get your coupon code. Go to iTunes, write a review of Talking Real Money that at least goes into a second line, drop me a note at don at talkingrealmoney.com, along with the text of the review. I'll go check as soon as I see it there. I'll send you the coupon code, and you can order the only real investing magazine, Real Investing Journal, and get the first year free. That's all there is to it. Just send me the copy of your iTunes podcast review to don at talkingrealmoney.com, don at talkingrealmoney.com, and I'll give you a coupon worth $15 off Real Investing Journal. Now, this is a limited-time offer, and there's only one per email address. So go ahead and submit your review to iTunes, and then Send it to me, Don, at TalkingRealMoney.com. talking about the things that are really important in life, about building a future. And there are some basic concepts that you cannot possibly ignore uh, when it comes to investing money. We're talking to Michael right now. And before the break, Michael asked what he should do with 50000 bucks that's sitting in the bank and it's doing nothing. That's what bank accounts do. As a matter of fact, after inflation, most of the time, bank accounts actually absolute safety ends up guaranteeing you a loss. So the question to you, Michael, is are you willing to watch it fluctuate in value? And if so, how much? Uh, about, I'd say, at least 25% or so. Or okay, and okay, that's Perfect. good. And That's actually a great, yep. great answer because it guides us. Now we can narrow down the historical uh, activity of various securities and look at. And so, Tom, in a, if you're willing to see it decline 25% in a year, how aggressive can you be? Well, you could, I mean, you could be 60% in stocks and 40% in bonds. But the next question is, how old are you, Michael? 55. And yeah. how many more years are you going to work? I don't know. <laughs> Apparently, that's a while. You're not quitting tomorrow. You're not quitting tomorrow. Oh, no. All right. He has time then. He has the time and he has the right attitude if he's telling himself the truth about the 25% downside tolerance. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is, (laughs) we all say 25% is easy. We're in the middle of a bull market, right? That's not going to happen. Well, it will happen. We just don't know when. So, $50,000, unfortunately, you can't take that all and just put it into a retirement type account. You can't put that into an IRA or a 401k. The government will only allow you at the age of 55 to set aside $6,500 a year in an IRA or 14000 pardon me, $18,000 a year in a 401k. Do you have a retirement savings plan at your place of work? Yes. Okay. And are you contributing to that? Yes. Okay. So at the max? Yeah, all the way up to the 18000 that you can put in there? Well, I have a, a union, so it's a little different, I think. Yeah, okay. Oh, it may okay. be. It may be. Do you have IRAs? No. Are uh, you no. married? Yes. And you're over 50? Yes. You and your wife could put $12,000 a year in a Roth IRA, more than likely. Actually, 13000 13, 6500 yeah. yeah, 13000 I mean, that would be the one that, for me, would be a no-brainer because that's going to be tax-free growth from this point forward. Here's what I would do. I would set up a Roth IRA for you and your wife with $13,000 total, 6500 bucks each, and then I would take the rest of the money and invest it in a similar fashion to the way you're going to invest inside the Roth at the same company, and then next year, when it's time to make a Roth contribution again, just have Vanguard or whomever recharacterize another 13000 just move it right to the sideways into the Roth IRA and pay the taxes that might be due. So what he's suggesting is you just go to Vanguard.com, open a Roth IRA for you and yourself, you and yourself, yep. you, you and, and your wife. wife, and then you open an IRA oh, for yeah. you and your, and your wife. So you basically have four accounts. Immediately, you could put 
thousand dollars, sixty five hundred into your Roth, sixty five hundred into her Roth. You could take, you could do the same thing with an IRA. You could put thirteen thousand dollars in there as well. Roths are better. Yeah, Roths are better. And then, as Don said, then next year you could move money over to the Roth IRA. And if it was my money in the Roth, I would just own the one fund that we talk about from time to time. That is the Vanguard Total World Stock Index VTWSX. One fund it holds over seven thousand stocks globally diversified and the cost is i think 0.2122 a year it's, it's very tiny. very very inexpensive oh i see where you're going with this this is actually a pretty good idea go to vtwsx in the roth ira yeah and then, then keep that thirty-seven thousand that's left in bingo. like an intermediate term bond fund yep and then over the next three years start moving it over thirteen thousand a year actually it's 13 13 and 12 you could use the what? vanguard total bond you could use vbmfx i yeah. think it is vanguard total bond for the other money if you had to and then you slowly move that over to your Roth and over time you're still going to have a balance between stocks and bonds in that way and the growth will be in the Roth it, it, it's pretty efficient uh, from a taxation standpoint there are arguments okay. that can be made for switching it up either yeah. way but the fact of the matter is it gets you invested and it gets you out of this waiting game yeah. and it moves you in the right direction okay that sounds good Michael thanks so thank much you. for calling oh, oh by the way Michael I feel bad for you because his name is no longer the most popular name for new for newborns in America do you know what it is no it's certainly not Donald Noah Noah. I, I just read this today. Michael has been like the most popular for years and years, and now it's Noah. Hey, you know, the good news yeah. is with our president now, I really don't have to worry about my name becoming That's a good point. Or maybe it's my fault. I don't know. Could be. Hi, brief break time. I'm Don, and I really wanted to share this with you because I'm. this is something I'm really excited about. I have taken much of the work that we do for our online real investing journal and put it into a quarterly magazine that is, I have to say, pretty good uh, and pretty cheap. And it is the only publication I can find anywhere that is totally devoted to to real investing. You will find no business news there. You will find no lifestyle information. You will find no hard news, political news, speculation stuff. It's all about the science and the process and the discipline of real investing. And it's a way to keep you on track toward a better future. It comes out four times a year and it's going to cost most people 25 bucks a year. That's all. Just 25 bucks a year. But because it's brand spanking new, a limited number of people can become charter subscribers at the lifetime price of 15 bucks per year. Plus, I'll get you a copy of the very first issue as a bonus while the supplies last, of course. So here's all you need to do. Just go to realinvestingjournal.com slash subscribe and subscribe. And you'll start getting it in the mail every quarter if you're one of the first Say 200 or so to subscribe. You'll also get the very first issue as a bonus. So be one of the first to get the very first magazine ever about investing and nothing but investing. Real Investing Journal, and you can subscribe right now. Really easy. Realinvestingjournal.com slash subscribe. Realinvestingjournal.com slash subscribe. Now back to the show. I want to finish out this thought with Michael, because if you listen to the beginning of his call, what he asked was, should I put it in stocks or should I put it in bonds? Or is there some place that I should move the money today? And what, what, what he's really asking is where we started the show. What's the best what, thing for the time? What, yeah, what's, what's going on right now and how that should that dictate where I put the money? And what goes on right now should have no influence on where you put the money because nobody knows what's going to happen Monday. Well, other than, I guess, with Microsoft stock, but no one knows, Jim.
generally. What'd you say? It got creamed. It's getting crushed. Well, in the, no, uh, it was down. It was down a little over a point, but it went yeah. straight down. It was like, yeah. whoa, what's, roller what's the problem? Ride. But the point is, you should have a balance between stocks, which are riskier, and bonds. I'll give you an example because I just looked at this morning. If you had all of your money just in a globally diversified portfolio of stocks, so far this year you've made about five and a half percent, which is which is fine. That's great. Yeah, that's, that's great. Three months. But if you had it, months. if you had it in a balanced approach, sixty percent of the money in a globally diversified portfolio of stocks, forty percent in bonds, which are should be safer because they're IOUs. You made about three and a half percent, and that shows you kind of you you made less money. But when the when things go down, you're going to go down less in the right kind of bonds. By the way, you could there's there's some pretty ugly bonds out there. You could buy uh, you know high yield bonds as they like to call them. That are junk, <laughs> junk, junk. Bonds. So, junk, but the junk. point is there is no there's nobody that and if they do, you should terminate the conversation. Nobody in this business should tell you here's what to do Monday. And I think we talked about a columnist around this a few months ago. Here's what you should do Monday because here's what the future looks like. We don't know what the future looks like. You don't know. Yeah. yeah even better, Tom. You, I don't know. You don't know. You don't know over yep. there. They don't know. See, that's the, the important line to add to that. They don't know. In Kramer, we shouldn't trust. No. Mm-mm. They don't know. The Mark mutual Cuban fund managers doesn't know. Don't he likes know. to sound like he does, too. It's very silly. The Every single solitary study ever done on the broad, actively managed investment industry, everyone ever done, shows over and over and over again that less than half outperform, more than half underperform. And when you take into account then expenses and extra fees, and one of the fees, you know, we don't mention this fee enough. We talk about the management fee of a mutual fund, yeah. that average of about 1% per year. Well, we forget to mention this is something you need to take into account in your in your studies of investments. If a mutual fund and actively funds do this, if they trade their securities a lot, good point. The fees for commission, they pay commissions just yep. like anybody else. They can be one percent or more in addition to the management fee, and you can't look that number up. The only no. way you can tell what that number might be is to look at a mutual fund's turnover ratio. This is how much they 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 start the year with a group of stocks they own. They end the year with a different group. This is how much they sort of move right. the portfolio around and and the everything you read there too is funds that move the portfolio around more underperform because because right. you've got somebody there saying hey the, I, oh too late I got no and they're, they're moving the money around on feelings and by the way so much of this business is based on feelings even even the guys that hold themselves out as the really smart people I'm always amazed when they say this is going to happen next week why I well, don't because feel good about I, it right it just and, and they use the same thing so you want to eliminate that and so Michael or anybody listening, you should have an asset allocation, a balance between riskier things and less risky things that is meets with your, and you may, you ask a great question, how much up and down can you take? How much volatility can you handle? And how many years till you need the money? And what kind of rate of return are you trying to make on your money? Then you build the portfolio. And this is one of the things that fascinates me. People say, I hate dealing with my investments. I don't trust my, investment advisors are one of the oh, least yeah. trustworthy we're, people we're on the planet. We're about even with members of Congress. Congress, I think. I was going to say, just a smidge <laughs> above Congress. Just close. a little bit. And, and slightly lower than Donald Trump. So, wow. Wow, they don't like us. Yeah. The reason, though, is because you try to make it more complicated. You think you can go to someone and get the answer. Part of the reason you don't trust people is because you're asking them for something they cannot possibly provide. They can't possibly provide it. But because you ask for it, that old adage in the back of the their head. Well, the customer's always right. Mm-hmm. If the customer wants that, then I should answer it. And I'm, or if I don't answer it, I'm going to look stupid. Tom and I apparently don't mind looking stupid. Well, I thought it looked nice today, but okay. I'll, no, I'll but I mean, it. when people ask you the question. Yeah. No, but we so, had this come up at a recent trip. What's the market going to do? Yeah, somebody started to ask a question and they looked and they said, nope, Tom's got me well trained. I won't even ask that question. So, no, smart enough. It's, yeah. And I get it all the time. I, I was at a, we have a food truck event in my neighborhood and we were at the food truck thing last night one of the older people who's got a lot of money hey so what's the market gonna do next week and i said you how long have you known me well you're in the 
investment business, I said, that doesn't mean I know anything more about the future than you know or your wife knows or your kids know or your grandkids know. And certainly those guys on Wall Street don't know, although they're willing to lie. I'm not. I am not willing to lie to you about the future because it cannot be predicted. And the only ones of you, only one of you out there listening who should I see him right there waving his hand. Actually believe that somebody can predict the future on Wall Street. You can't believe them unless you also visit a psychic and you believe they can predict your personal future. If you don't, then you're a hypocrite because if the psychic can't do it, why should somebody with an MBA on Wall Street be able to do it? And I'll take it one step further. If you agree with that statement, and it's really hard not to when you think logically, you should not own individual stocks. You should not buy actively managed portfolios. You should not follow a newsletter that says, here's what to do Monday or Tuesday or whatever day of the week. And you should not be trading, day trading, and thinking that there's some super secret system that somebody's designed that they're sharing with you for some limited amount of money that's going to make you more than the market. It does not exist. That's That's why I asked the question at the beginning of the show. Do you own individual stocks? If so, why? And that is not a gotcha question that's an attempt to embarrass you. I really want everyone understanding that owning individual stocks, individual stocks, is an effort in futility. You are, you are saying you know the future. Hi, Don here. You know, I was really shocked when I found out that there were no magazines totally devoted to investing. So that's why I decided to create Real Investing Journal, the only print publication all about investing. No business news, no lifestyle, and certainly no speculation. And you can get Real Investing Journal for as little as $15 a year. But for a limited time only, you can take $5 off your subscription, lowering it to as little as $10 a year. Just use the discount code KVI. Check it out. Go to realinvestingjournal.com. That's realinvestingjournal.com. And save $5 by entering the discount code KVI. That's realinvestingjournal.com. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Indeed we are, and that is for one really good reason. Because you've got to get money right to get to the kind of future you want to enjoy. It is absolutely critical that you have enough money to live the way you would like to live in the future, particularly in retirement. Because we've talked, and we'll talk about this more in our upcoming class, this this concept of, of human capital. While you're young and you're working, you have an asset. That's you. You're the asset. But there'll come a day when that asset won't be able to work as hard as it did and may not be able to at all. Oh, I think we're about to find out here in about two hours for me, but we'll know. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe I can't uh, believe you're still reffing soccer games. The high school Although soccer games. You are you are yeah. younger than me. Yeah. So. Not by much. But, yeah. Anyway. The deal is we want to help you become a better investor. We want to help you find that better future. And we will try to help you in any way we can with your retirement plan at work, uh, you know, four oh one Ks, four oh three Bs, IRAs, all that stuff. Anything though that has anything to do with money, then let's go talk to Cheryl. Cheryl, what's on your mind? Hi. Um, we just met with our financial advisor this week, and he said that the fiduciary laws for retirement funds is changing on June 9th, and that those funds need to be in a managed account. Can you explain that to me? I would just have so much fun explaining this to you. I am guessing that right now you are dealing with a with a an advisor who is a commissioned advisor, and that means they charge you a commission to get into products, and they take a trailer. Uh, the the rule that's going to into effect, we hope in June, will require everyone to act as a fiduciary, and in doing so, a lot of firms are changing to a fee based system, fee only. Well, yeah, fee hopefully, yeah. Okay. There's still going to be some insurance products, and it's only going to be fee only for retirement accounts. Good point, because this law only applies to retirement retirement account advice. It does not apply to all accounts. So uh, my guess is you're with, I'm, I'm just going to make a couple of guesses. First one would be Merrill Lynch. Well, major brokerage or, or a broker of some type. Correct. And um, so the word, yeah. So did he tell you what the fees would be? He did. What are they? Just out of curiosity. Yeah. Uh, 
let's see, where did I write that down? It's about one and one point four percent. Okay. Yeah. So here, so this is moving from, as Don said, a, a relationship where the party giving you advice is collecting a commission to one where they're charging you an annual fee to manage that money. Mm-hmm. And the reason right. is, the reason at the at the base of all this is the Department of Labor decided after prodding from Congress that it's hard for someone to have a fiduciary relationship with their client if they're selling them a product because there's a potential conflict of interest here. Let me let me give you an example. Now, you have two identical funds, two identical mutual funds. They both have the same portfolios. They, you know, everything about them is the same except portfolio A has a commission of 5%, or portfolio B has zero commission. Under the existing rules, your stockbroker can sell you fund A with its higher commission even though fund B is better for you in that it costs you less money. That rule is going to change that. Therefore, they have to get compensated and they're going to get compensated through these higher fees. Now, at 1.4%, I am guessing you have a pretty big account with them. Uh, am I right? This particular account is not that big. Um, it has um, maybe 50000 in it. Wow, that's actually 1.4 on a small a broker account. on a small yeah. account is surprisingly cheap because I know, for example, Merrill Lynch starts at two and a quarter percent per year. Uh, Ed Jones starts at two and a half percent per year. Uh, so a 1.4 fee is low, but this is the direction that the industry is going, and I think it's actually a good thing. Now the trick is to make sure that they actually give you the best possible advice inside that portfolio, and make sure that they do not ever put you into actively managed mutual funds. If they do, I don't believe they're taking their fiduciary responsibility very seriously. Let's make a deal. We need reviews for our podcast to make it more popular, and you'd probably like a free year of Real Investing Journal. So, I'll trade you a year of Real Investing Journal through a $15 coupon code in exchange for a review at iTunes for the podcast Talking Real Money. Here's how you get your coupon code. Go to iTunes, write a review of Talking Real Money that at least goes into a second line, drop me a note at don at talkingrealmoney.com, along with the text of the review. I'll go check as soon as I see it there. I'll send you the coupon code, and you can order the only real investing magazine, Real Investing Journal, and get the first year free. That's all there is to it. Just send me the copy of your iTunes podcast review to don at talkingrealmoney.com, don at talkingrealmoney.com, and I'll give you a coupon worth $15 off Real Investing Journal. Now, this is a limited-time offer, and there's only one per email address. So go ahead and submit your review to iTunes, and then send it to me, don at talkingrealmoney.com. Tom, you know the fiduciary thing is gonna get is gonna get a lot of play in the press over the next uh, thirty or forty days. I, I lose track because it. I, I so it is on to take effect June 9th. Is that what she said? Correct. Yep. But some of the brokerages have been going back and forth about this. I think somebody decided they weren't going to offer any commission products, and now they're wavering a little bit. It might be right. Morgan well, Stanley because no, it was so. Merrill. I think it was Merrill, and because they, they were going to lose a lot of brokers. They yeah, were gonna people are going to say I can't make a living. Yeah, I can't right. make a living. Well, uh, I can't make a living unless I rip people off. So please don't make me be honest, you <laughs> evil people. Right. But no, uh, as a matter of fact, just to plug, just for a plug, uh, I write now for uh, a financial column for Third Act Magazine. You do, which, by the way, is one of and and I get nothing for saying that it it is a gorgeous, gorgeous. It's beautiful. Magazine. The writers are good yeah. generally. Uh, it's the, the best content is it's very the best high. Senior, yeah, it's no, the best senior magazine I've seen in the country. Be- I mean, I'll the go AAR, one step further. It's 
it's the best I've ever seen. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, AARP's magazine. No, not as good. It pales in no. comparison. Yeah, this is really this is excellent. A great, yeah. great magazine. And it's free. So, and I think you get it free. Yeah. It's free, yeah. yeah. And in their summer issue, I'm writing an article, and it's about the fiduciary rule yeah. and why it is so important for you to hire a fiduciary and why it is, st- but but to still be vigilant about the people with whom you're dealing mm-hmm. because you can have a fiduciary and they can charge you three percent per year. Sure, yeah, they could still and use they could actively put you managed into funds. Terrible products. Yep, they could. It eliminates but, some of the conflict. I'll put it that it, way. Exactly, it eliminates some of the conflict, and it's a it's it's great because prior to this, uh, about one million of the one point one million people who provide financial advice in America didn't always have to act as a fiduciary. Now, this law will not require that they always act as a fiduciary. It only requires that you act as a fiduciary when giving advice on a retirement. Sadly, you could still get taken with non-retirement money. Right. So they could still sell you variable annuities or uh, uh, equity index annuities and that kind of stuff to make the big commission. So still be careful. But it's a great thing. I mean, it really is. All right, should we go back to the phones? If you want. Okay, because Curtis has been very kind and waiting for us. Yeah, Curtis, hey, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. I've been listening this morning. (laughs) How can we help you? Well, I have a question um, on this fiduciary hiring and stuff. So you were, and I think you might have just answered it by saying that it's only for retirement funds. Because I have a a financial advisor for two separate uh, trust accounts that I have. And then they use... Merrill Lynch to do all my trading, but these are not, these are trust account. And so I don't think they're, no, they are not bound by the new rules. No, the new rules are from the Department of Labor and the Department of Labor's authority only extends to retirement account. Now they've stretched that to include IRA, but no, a trust account is going to fall outside of those rules. So they can give you advice that is merely suitable, not in your best interest, but just suitable. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I've been with them for years. So I'm actually, I, my dad who passed away, he started using them, and then I've just continued after he passed away. We see this a lot. We yeah. see that by the, this is there's momentum. a lot of yep mm-hmm. status quo. I know those people. It's been okay, and by the way, it may well have been okay. But mm-hmm. I don't think still, I, if I was making a decision, that wouldn't be how I'd make the decision. I would I would only want fiduciary advice. I would want somebody using low cost index style or index mutual funds, and that Not has a making philosophy. trades with yeah. Merrill. Lynch, because yeah. that means that they're actively managing the account. Well, Merrill Lynch does the trading for them, as far as I can understand. Uh, right, that's what I'm saying. But if, they, if they're trading in the account, then it is not a passive approach to investing. It's an active approach to investing. In other words, it's what we believe is just guessing. Uh, they claim they have skills. I disagree. Well, we, I, they, can't, I, they it, can't show us any numbers that would suggest that they did. I'll put it that right. way. Okay, yeah. And I was not, when, I, when I first called you, I was looking up. It gives you a portfolio overview on what you are invested in for each account. And then it's got it mixed at about 71% equities and 28.5% fixed income for one account. Here, I can tell you you everything about it if you tell me what is in the equity portfolio, just a few of the names of things that are in the equity portfolio. You know the holdings, stocks or mutual funds or... Okay, hold on just a sec here. Yeah, because we'll Um, be able to... I can almost almost see the portfolio in front of me without him saying it. But go go ahead, Curtis. Uh, Apple, General Electric, uh, Schneider Electric, S-E-A-D-R. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, a whole bunch of names, okay. Coca-Cola. I don't need any more. I'm good now. Oh. I'm good. What they're doing <laughs> is buying individual stock, thinking that they are smarter than the market. And my, mm. I can almost guarantee you that your portfolio long-term performs right in line with the market, less their fees. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Well, then what's the point of having them if all they do is give you what the market gives you at a far higher price. And I guarantee also that their price is higher than two-tenths of 1% per year. Far. Five times that, six times. I mean, it's going to be way (laughs) more. No, the point is well made. By the way, they've been right about Apple so far this year because it has beaten the market. So hooray for that. But what Don is trying to point out is in a typical, what what I would call broker's portfolio, you do have individual equities. You usually then have as well some mutual funds in there, generally actively managed. You might have some individual bonds and then a bond fund or to. This is what right. we see generally, and it, right. it, it there is no academic work that says that will do better. In fact, it's quite the opposite than, as Don pointed out, just getting what the markets provide for a very long period of time. As a matter of fact, right. Curtis, they did, go, go, they did, do you get the Wall Street Journal? 
Uh, no, not right now, I don't. Okay. Go get today's Wall Street Journal and read the Weekend Investor column. It tells you that what they're trying to do, and it'll, it gives you facts and figures, what they're trying to do, same thing we're telling you, what they're trying to do is literally impossible to pull off. The only, only a few people ever do, and those people's skill is more attributable to luck. It's just perceived skill. They just happen to be the luck. Weekend Investor, it's Jason Zweig's column. He's the one person I do believe in this business okay. that you get honesty from each and every week in the Wall Street Journal. And so, I, yeah, I think that's a great great idea, Don. Curtis, thanks so much for calling. Again, re-look at this relationship. Really give it a critical look. And and we're not saying go with us. We're saying go look at it, make sure you're getting the best deal for you and your future and your family, and that you're getting truly fiduciary advice, and that you're getting it at the lowest possible cost, because that's the one thing that'll put more money in your pocket. Here's another brief interruption. I am surprised at how much people still love their magazines, their print magazines. The vast majority of the most popular magazines on the planet have millions of print subscribers and only a few hundred thousand online subscribers. I learned people like reading on paper, and because of that, I've decided to create a brand new magazine for real investors to help you become a real investor. It's called Real Investing Journal, and it's full of just that, real investing information, the science of investing, the proven ways to make money long-term without gambling. There's no business news. There's nothing about speculating. There's no lifestyle stuff. It is all about investing all the time time. It's full color magazine. It's printed every quarter and it's going to cost 25 bucks a year is all. That's all 25 bucks a year. But here's a deal. If you become one of our charter subscribers, we'll lock in $15 a year. And while supplies last, you'll get the very first issue in addition to your next year. That's a deal. 15 bucks a year. And if you don't like it, I'll give you your money back. That simple. So go right now to realinvestingjournal.com slash subscribe. Need to add that slash subscribe. Realinvestingjournal.com slash subscribe and sign up for the charter subscription rate of only 15 bucks. You save 10 bucks and you lock it in and you get an extra issue. And you need to do it now because I know we're going to run out of the extra issues, so you better hurry. Go to realinvestingjournal.com slash subscribe. Realinvestingjournal.com slash subscribe. You'll like it or your money back and speaking of back we're going back to the show now for your real life and real future tom and don are talking real money welcome back to talking real money your questions your calls about well something that's really important to your future and that is money so we try every week to give you some you know solid advice that's somewhat disinterested it's not you know about us it's about you and we were talking to curtis a couple minutes ago about you know his portfolio the fact that he has individual stocks and he has these generally actively managed mutual funds and why why wouldn't you own those well you wouldn't want to own those because the track record has been, as Jason Zweig points out and Don mentioned in the weekend investor column today, that there hasn't been anybody who can do that over a long period of time and do better than the market. So it just doesn't make sense to follow that advice. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and that's the whole point of what we're trying to do here every week is to get you to think about money and to think specifically about investing totally differently than people have forever. As a matter of fact, in Jason's column, he mentioned uh, the the sales, uh, the, the precursor of mutual funds, which were these yeah. investment trusts. Yep. And they were in 1929 claiming that they could substantially beat Easily. the market. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and and a lot of these products lost everything. You see, the point is the point we're trying to make is we want you to build a portfolio that cannot lose everything. It that cannot lose everything. That's the point. And yet people believe about that risk. about they believe that about investing. That's an all or nothing game. It is not. Well, it certainly it hasn't only been unless if you play it. Well, yeah, or like you that. go buy individual companies, right? Mm-hmm. You buy very narrow sector of just a few firms. Maybe that sector could go away. That that certainly has happened. I mean, if you were investing right. in buggy whips up till, you know, the early 20th century, then you might have been out of money by a short period of time later. That could have happened. But if you Absolutely. buy a globally diversified portfolio, that has not happened. And stocks, even diversified, didn't, didn't reduce the volatility in 2008. They did in 2001, 2002, by the way. The basics around portfolio construction. We wa- it sounds boring, but it really... It-
We tell it in an interesting way, all right? And Don delivers that, and it's fun. And we spend some time, I do, on getting the money out of your portfolio in retirement and paying yourself without having to take it all and hand it to somebody who wants to sell you an annuity. Because this is a tragic, just met with somebody yesterday that put yeah, their entire annuities IRA. Annuities are tragic. Yeah, the entire IRA and the annuity, and they got to wait another year to get their money back, but at least they're going to get their money back. That's good, uh... but it doesn't make sense. So these are exactly what we try to teach you. We give you the basics, how to use index funds. And actually, we're going to, for those of you who are already taken in a class, we're going in the next step on index in which I think you'll enjoy. So can right. I mention this? Brand, by the, yeah, it's, it's a, a brand, brand new class. New class. Yeah, it is. I really have been slaving over this class. This is all new material. You've seen our classes before. This is, there's some of the same stuff, but boy, it's a new twist. And uh, and, and we just got somebody else signing up for Tuck Willa. We're gonna, I think we're down to five tickets now. Yeah, for Tuck, Tuck Willa. Willa is, that's Thursday night. Tuesday night right. in Linwood, we still have a few seats. But Bellevue, Bellevue, we got the special offer. Two for one. we have a lot of seats. Yeah, okay. Two for one next Saturday at the Hyatt House in Bellevue. Retirement investing, retirement income. Don and Tom together. Two huge egos, one small stage. It's a show. I tell you what. That's yeah, scary. But no, it, it, it'll be it'll be fun. It's a couple of hours. It's not just about, you know, let's look at the expense ratio and PE rate. No, no we don't get into all that. It's not like that. It's really no, designed it's to help dry. you. Yeah, no. it's, it's, it's not dry. It's not wet either. We don't have any water effects. <laughs> try uh, that, though. But if it worked. Yeah. Uh, but it is informative and it is actually a class. That's one of the things that True. I don't think a lot of people get. And they it's so funny. After the class, they go, wait, that wasn't a sale. That was a class. You mean, you mean I actually get to learn something? Yeah, yo. We get to learn something. You're leaving now? I am you're leaving gonna go, now. You're going to go to the soccer game now? Good luck to the rest of you. Oh, no. Real money. We present this program with limited commercial interruptions, and here's one of those very limited interruptions. There is only one magazine I can find devoted to real investing. It's called Real Investing Journal. You can get it for as little as $15 a year with a charter subscription, but for a limited time, you can save another $5 taking your subscription to as little as $10 by using the discount code KVI. Just go to realinvestingjournal.com, realinvestingjournal.com, order your subscription, and save 5 bucks with the discount code KVI at real realinvestingjournal.com. All right, so now you have me all to yourself. Just me and you, and Tom's gone. Tom's, oh, he's probably eavesdropping. You can call me, though, and if uh, you need a little help and I can provide it, you know I'm thrilled to do it. I am just, really what I've been doing since 1988, is giving people financial advice on the radio. And over that time, oh, by the way, the phone number is 877-397-5666, 877-397-5666. And please, if you listen to the podcast or you listen to the KVI broadcast, Broadcast on Sunday mornings. Call on Saturday between noon and two in the Seattle area, or uh, on the West Coast, and then uh, uh, three and five on the East Coast. Eight seven seven three nine seven five six six six. And I want to share something with you because we were we were talking about how investing and the, the our beliefs have changed over the years. When we started investing in this country and really started doing it in earnest was beginning of the twentieth century. Prior to that, there really wasn't much investing going on, and it was casual. You know, you've been invested money in someone's company and then they returned capital to you. There weren't big stock markets. There were little stock markets where people exchanged ownership, but it was mostly the rich. Uh, others speculated, others gambled, but it was mainly the rich who played the stock market and it was a different thing. It didn't become real investing until the 20th century, right before the Depression. And it took a while for people to learn how to do it. It was very hard to learn how to do it. Average people didn't understand investing and they thought it was a 
zero-sum game. They were convinced that the stock market that the was a golden age, and we were we were in a technological revolution like we are and have been over and over again. And of course, everybody thought the market would just go straight up. And because of that belief, a lot of people borrowed a lot of money. About forty percent of all of the debt in the United States in 1929 was in stock borrowed money. People could borrow ninety cents of every dollar they put into the stock market. So now, if the stock market falls ten percent, all the money vanishes. You've lost a hundred percent of your money. That is a painful loss. That's the kind of thing that scares people out of the stock market and scares them out for a very long time. And that's one of the biggest reasons why the bad economy of the 1930s, the terrible stock market of the 1930s, continued for as long as it did. Then come the 50s and the 60s. Actually, the 60s were really the time when when mutual funds had become of decent size and fees were at a slightly better level and people had a little more expendable income, a little that human capital left over. And we started buying mutual funds again, buying a few stocks here and there, investing totally changed. And uh, again, though, we got caught up in that belief that things can't go down. And then because it came as such a shock, the bear market of 73, 74, after all of that optimism, people stopped investing. They just stopped. I'm not going to invest. It's too scary. Things go down too much. And this cycle just continued over and over and over and over again. But if you notice the longevity of these declines has short, they don't last as long because we're changing the way we think about investing. The key to being a successful investor is to understand that it is not a zero-sum game, that absolutely, without a doubt, I guarantee that the value of stocks will go down because you have human emotions involved. People get overly optimistic about prices. People then get overly pessimistic about prices. You cannot allow yourself to fall into either camp. You can't get so excited about stocks when they're rising that you go whole hog into them, and you can't get so depressed when they fall that you leave them completely. And if you can find some balance, you're going to be better off. Let's talk about that balance. Hi, brief break time. I'm Don, and I really wanted to share this with you because I'm. this is something I'm really excited about. I have taken much of the work that we do for our online real investing journal and put it into a quarterly magazine that is, I have to say, pretty good uh, and pretty cheap. And it is the only publication I can find anywhere that is totally devoted to to real investing. You will find no business news there. You will find no lifestyle information. You will find no hard news, political news, speculation stuff. It's all about the science and the process and the discipline of real investing. And it's a way to keep you on track toward a better future. It comes out four times a year and it's going to cost most people 25 bucks a year. That's all. Just 25 bucks a year. But because it's brand spanking new, a limited number of people can become charter subscribers at the lifetime price of 15 bucks per year. Plus, I'll get you a copy of the very first issue as a bonus while the supplies last, of course. So here's all you need to do. Just go to realinvestingjournal.com slash subscribe and subscribe. And you'll start getting it in the mail every quarter if you're one of the first Say 200 or so to subscribe. You'll also get the very first issue as a bonus. So be one of the first to get the very first magazine ever about investing and nothing but investing. Real Investing Journal, and you can subscribe right now. Really easy. Realinvestingjournal.com slash subscribe. Realinvestingjournal.com slash subscribe. Now back to the show. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Well, we're short of Tom, but you've got a Don, and I'm Don McDonald. And as a matter of fact, I, I, I was getting to this point that over the years that I've been doing this, and uh, I am coming up on my 30th anniversary of doing Financial Talk Radio next year. So over the years that I've been doing this, I have changed. 
I have not remained static. I initially believed that smart people could make smart predictions about what would work in the future, that you could look at certain parameters and you would know, I will know that this is going to go up. Well, I learned it didn't work that way. But the prevailing wisdom of the time was that that was the way. No one ever questioned the way. There hadn't been any studies done comparing active management. There had been none that I was aware of in the uh, late 80s or early 90s, comparing the performance of active money managers with just the market. Uh, over the years, there have been there have been so many of them that it's undeniable. I would be I would be a flat earther if I told you, like so many still do on the radio and on television, if I told you that I could and I believe that people could predict your financial future. It's like saying I know all evidence to the contrary. I'm still pretty sure because I look out my window and I don't see a curve down the street, I'm pretty sure the world's flat. Uh, because that's just, you know, my eyes don't deceive me. I can't see around it. Uh, I, I would be a flat earther. So I'm a smart person, relatively. And if the evidence disproves my belief, I, I, I'm, I'm either going to be stupid to maintain it or I'm going to change my belief. That's why I believe that passively, passive portfolios, buying basically the market and then overweighting your investments into those areas of the market that have shown higher levels of return and then creating a portfolio that is appropriate for my tolerance for risk. That's why we asked that question last hour. How much volatility can you stand? How much of a decline in a single year are you comfortable suffering through without doing anything dumb? So what you do is you, you find a way to reduce the portfolio's volatility and we do that based on science. Then you find a way to increase the returns by investing in those kinds of asset classes, not picking individual stocks, but saying value stocks have shown a propensity for outperforming and you just overweight those a little. In the, in the process, you're building a portfolio that's really, really well diversified so it can't ever, ever go to zero. And that's the point. You want to make money with no chance of going to zero. I think you can do that. James? James, w welcome to the show. What's up? Uh, my, my question is, uh, if I have a Vanguard dividend growth fund, would the uh, index fund outperform that? <sighs> you see, I can't tell you it would outperform it, but what I can tell you is it will give you comparable... It will give you performance that, that it, it's going to be different. The Vanguard Dividend Growth Fund is actively managed. It also has a much smaller port, much smaller portfolio than their total world stock fund. The total world stock index fund is going to give you the return of the entire global stock market. The Vanguard Dividend Growth Fund is going to give you just those stocks that have paid out higher dividends or and, and they expect them to do so in the future. But the problem with a dividend growth fund is because the portfolio portfolio is so small, its risk is actually higher than a well-diversified portfolio that invests around the world. So my expectation, and again, this is not a prediction, but my expectation is that you would get comparable total returns at a lower level of volatility. You might even get higher total returns, again, because a uh, the total world index is a portfolio designed to grow, not to pay out dividends. It does pay out some dividends. But do you have the dividend growth because you want income from it, or why do you own it? I, I own it just to make money. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you're owning it to make money, then I believe, based on a lot of evidence, that you're going to be better off long term, both from a risk and a return perspective, by being in something like the Vanguard Total World Index. Also, at a lower cost. And remember, this is an undisputable fact. The less you pay, uh -huh. the more you make. Okay, so the dividend growth fund, it, it, it's, uh, it's not a loaded fund, but they still no. charge, uh, I think. Well, the, the, the internal fees, the management fees and expenses for the Vanguard Dividend Growth Fund are three-tenths of a percent. The fees and expenses for the de for the Vanguard Total World Index are 0.2%, so they're, 30, they're a third lower. That's substantial. Uh, the, the index fund is a third lower. A third lower. And here's the thing that concerns me. There are a couple things that concern me about owning an actively managed fund. One, they're trying to predict the future. Uh, even though it's Vanguard, they're one of the better companies overall, but I don't believe the future is predictable. Uh, the other thing is is the, the the volatility, what's called the standard deviation of that fund, is about 12%, and the Vanguard is about 10%. So it's a, okay. it's not as volatile. Uh, it, it's, uh, I don't want to look at 
the portfolio again. The portfolio of the World Index Fund now is at 7,600, 7,600 stocks. That's really well diversified. Whereas the Dividend Growth Fund is, got two screens going at the same time here, bouncing back and forth, 45 stocks. Diversification so is your friend. Fund, you said 45? 45. Whereas the total world fund has 7,600 stocks. You would own the entire world in the total world fund, and you would own it for less money. Uh-huh. So the best see? thing, so what, what I could do then is call Vanguard and have yep. whatever money I have in the uh, dividend growth fund, have it switch, o- switch over to the index or the index yep. fund. to the total world index fund. You will reduce your risk, you will increase the diversification of your portfolio, and you will lower your costs. And I expect that l- over the long term, your probably going to make as much if not more money but you're going to do it without being as scared that's the point of all of diversification it helps you keep from getting frightened out Let's make a deal. We need reviews for our podcast to make it more popular, and you'd probably like a free year of Real Investing Journal. So, I'll trade you a year of Real Investing Journal through a $15 coupon code in exchange for a review at iTunes for the podcast Talking Real Money. Here's how you get your coupon code. Go to iTunes, write a review of Talking Real Money that at least goes into a second line, drop me a note at don at talkingrealmoney.com, along with the text of the review. I'll go check as soon as I see it there. I'll send you the coupon code, and you can order the only real investing magazine, Real Investing Journal, and get the first year free. That's all there is to it. Just send me the copy of your iTunes podcast review to don at talkingrealmoney.com, don at talkingrealmoney.com, and I'll give you a coupon worth $15 off Real Investing Journal. Now, this is a limited-time offer, and there's only one per email address. So go ahead and submit your review to iTunes, and then Send it to me, Don, at TalkingRealMoney.com. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately, consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening.